Welcome to Blaze and Guts. I'm Teresa Blaze, and I got my friend, my co-host, my sidekick, the one and only Michelle Saunders Guts. Michelle, how are you doing? Hey, Teresa. Doing really good today. I cannot believe that we have the preseason games all wrapped up. Yeah, that's it's it's been a ride. Uh, this season has been a ride. Um, and I kind of and there's a lot to get into, especially with the third preseason games. Some of them were just, are you kidding me? And others were nail biters to the end. So let's get the one that like I think was the most shocking out of the way. And then we'll cover the uh, 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 Cardinals and Chiefs. That sounds good. Okay. Denver. Someone tell me what the heck happened with Denver. They pretty much torched the Rams, and it wasn't even close. I mean, they ran it up to 41 to nothing. That was a bloodbath. What the heck happened to Denver? Because that wasn't the same team we saw in the first two uh, games where they could, they just had a, a, a situation where they couldn't close out games. It was crazy. I know. I don't know. I didn't get a chance to watch that game, but I heard about it, and that I was stoked. Actually, I was. I was. Ex- yeah, I was excited, but I'm also going. Um. Okay. So then, what kind of Denver team do we have here? Because in the first two games, the first one against the Cardinals, the second one, um, and then I think the second one was the 49ers, if I remember correctly. Right. I I think so. Yeah. They could not close out games. They just couldn't do it for various reasons. I mean, the games were close, but the Cardinals got a two point conversion and then held on defense. And so Denver couldn't close that one out. Well, I mean, granted, I'm glad being a Cardinals fan, but from this perspective of of a Broncos fan, you know, it was a little bit to be concerned with. Well, they're calling Russell Wilson the comeback quarterback. That's interesting. I'm wondering how well he'll play this year. I don't know. I hope for, you know, for the Broncos fans that are listening out there, and we have a few. I think Wendell is one. Yeah, uh, my, yeah, my, my pastor. Your pastor. My pastor he's is out a there. Broncos fan, you know? Yeah, um, he's always out there saying, you know? go Broncos. And, well, and it was funny because I went into church on Sunday and, you know, and I, I'm like, I'm like, Wendell, what the heck happened with your team? Because that was a slaughter. <laughs> and I mean, and he was like, I don't know, but I was happy. I'm like, I'm sure you were. I wouldn't want to be a Rams fan right about now. That I would not want to be the Rams players, you know, going into, uh, okay, you just laid an egg and now you're going to go into cut down week. Oh boy. The thing is with, with, uh, this week is you had to get your roster and this is across the NFL. You had to get your roster down to 59 players. Okay, and so some of them had to actually make a lot of cuts and the way it works. And I'm not talking about, you know, team situations because there is a couple of team situations that I want to address. The way it works is you cut if you cut someone, you can either either just let them go or rehire them to the practice squad squad. Um, But any team in the NFL can actually claim that player on waivers. Meaning they can take them from your practice squad if they choose. So 
you know, it, it just it's it's kind of a gamble when you put them there. But so you have to, you know, really ask yourself, is this player contributing to the overall vision of what we're trying to do? Yeah, that would make sense. But Shemini's that's got to be hard calls for certain players. I would imagine. Well, and I would imagine, you know, I mean, I listened to Jonathan Gannon's press conference after somebody cuts the hebade of the Cardinals. You know, and he talked about that, you know, it's rough, but, you know, we had to do what's best for the team. And I can only imagine that some of the players are like, you know what? We played for our ever-loving lives out there. Yes. And and disappointments, you know, it's hard. The NFL career is tough. It is. It is. It is. And so I can imagine that, you know, in that situation with the Rams, their, I mean, their defense was anything but stellar. I mean, because... All four quarterbacks that played in that Broncos game scored touchdowns, all four of them. And I was just sitting there going, are you kidding me? What the heck is this? This is a different team. I mean, don't get me wrong. I liked it. I mean, it was a good game, but I was also very, um, you know, and there's also the fact that uh, the Rams are in my division because I'm a Cardinals fan, as you know, and anytime they lose, I'm okay with it. <laughs> you know, you know, I mean, considering that they whooped up on the Cardinals in, in the playoffs a uh, year before last. Yeah, yeah, seriously, I'm okay with it. You know, I was just surprised at how aggressive the Broncos were, and I lo- I liked it. I think, you know, the Broncos have a lot to prove. They really do. They have a lot to prove. What kind of team are they going to be going into the season? I think as we looked at their preseason, they went two and one or no, one and two. Sorry. And you have to ask yourself, so are they a two, the two lost team that cannot couldn't finish? Or are they the one win team that knows how to win and was running on all cylinders? Yeah. Well, I think you get different perspectives. I would, I mean, I know on our Facebook page, there's some video I I put out on our, our Facebook page, some video comments from their coach. And, you know, I didn't get a chance to go through in detail everything this past week, um, as you know, but it'll be, I think, they're very going out, in my opinion, the last preseason game with a win has to be much better than going out with a loss. Absolutely. And the and the and the momentum you get from that kind of a win, um, going into game one, uh, you know, now, you know, because now the games count, you know. So going into Games that count with that kind of win, a win behind your in your system, yeah. I, I I'm going to be interested to see how they respond. It'll be interesting. I think you're going to see a lot of different perspectives. Like I said, um, but how are they going to respond to you know each team? And I don't know if they're playing, you know, like you said, more aggressively or letting Russell run with the ball more and come out of the pocket more, you know. I mean, we know he or, can do that, you know. Yeah, we or know if they're that. changing up kind of more their offensive line, their deep, you know, how, how I mean, because when you play like that, 
with no points on the board from the other team. Come on. They, I mean, they must have been like, wow. Well, and uh, I mean, it was crazy. All three parts of their team. Oh, you all, know? Yeah, all three were just stellar. I mean, and the defense caused like two interceptions and and fumbles. And and I mean, it was like the Rams couldn't get a, a good series off at all. Or even if they did, they would like hurt themselves with penalties, you know? Did they play in Denver? Yes. Oh, that's a big thing, too. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. And see, and the thing is, I think the Rams really nicked themselves kind of in the beginning of the game because um, one guy, he got got for a horse collar tackle. Okay. And so they, they, um, you know, they got a 15 yarder and then he was ejected from the game and on the Rams. And so I think that kind of really set them back. You know, penalties were killing the Rams. They play a lot of rookies. Yep. And I know this. I would not want to be one of the Rams players coming going into uh, practice after that bad of a loss. There's losing and then there's we got destroyed on the field. They were probably humiliated. Oh, yeah. So I think it's going to be very interesting to see can the can the Broncos Keep that momentum going. That's, I think, kind of my question going into game one for them. So, Michelle, would you tell us about the Chiefs game? Well, you know, as you know, Teresa, you and I have kind of talked a little bit about this off and on. And I was fortunate to be able to watch the game, but then I had to move from watching to listening. And that dynamic was really challenging but but all i can say is it was wild it was a wild encounter to close out the 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 preseason with both of these teams because the score was so close i mean kansas city 33 cleveland browns 32 and like anything you know the chiefs came roaring back in the second half okay the Browns led 29 to 16 at the half. And there was a pair of interceptions that were returned, of course, for touchdowns. And, and another, yes, yes, and yes. Those players, Deshaun Watson and tight end David, and it's really hard to pronounce this guy's last name, but they were connecting in the end zone. David Nakoju. <laughs> I don't even know if that's close. Um, we'll roll with it. <laughs> okay. And the Chiefs, of course, as I said, they they were roaring back in the second half. Blaine Gabert and Chris Oladukun, um were passing for touchdowns in the third quarter. Yeah, and Gabert that, was on fire. He was. And, and you know, you know what happened. Bushali. You know, they did let him go. You know, the question is, did they put him in the passing squad? What did I, I don't know if, what they did exactly with him. I think it, it, he's no longer. You're you talking know, about, okay, so you're wondering, did they put him on the practice squad? Yeah, on the okay. practice squad. But he was, you know, both of them were passing in the third third quarter and that gave the Chiefs a 30 to 29 lead, right? And then it would be, you know, 
then the Cleveland Browns would get back in front, right? And Kate York, we did a 40-year-old, uh, excuse me, a 40-yard field goal when there was like four minutes left in the game. But then the Chiefs were able to move down the field quickly. And then our Harrison Butker connected and made that 44-yard out hit, you know, kick. And then York missed from 43 with just 57 seconds left. And that's how the game ended. But if you want to look at the offensive spotlight, things didn't start out well. For the Browns offense, there was some botched handoffs. And their next drive, they had some problems from the Browns side. And um, the Chiefs wide receiver, Amir Smith-Marsetti, had another big game. And he does that well because he was able to make the final roster. He caught all four passes thrown his way for 101 yards, including a 43-yard touchdown. That'll leave a mark. <laughs> That'll leave a mark. And then the rookie spotlight, the Chiefs' second-round pick, Rashi Rice, he had six targets in the game, and he got an open play with backup quarterback, of course, Blaine Gabert, and he was under heavy pressure. And the ball sailed, and Rice had to try and locate it, but a huge play was on the was on the cards because he had not dropped it. So drops have been an issue, my understanding, from what I've seen in the short preseason with Rice. And so anyway, there's, you know, kind of some highlights. You can get out there and read pff.com. And uh, there's a lot of details around the news and analysis of that preseason game by Gordon McGinnis. I've shared uh, a little bit. And, you know, the thing is, um, it's always fun to go back and look at kind of their passing game, data, rushing, you know, receiving. You can get really into this in terms of stats and numbers and all of that. Um, But it was definitely... One of those games where you're like, oh my gosh, here you see the Chiefs really stepping it up. And they did do it. They did do it, but it was intense. It was an intense back and forth, back and forth. So they were pretty evenly matched. That's interesting to me. Let me ask you this. When you look over uh, the body of work that we've seen with the preseason games for the Chiefs, um, what do you think is the message that the Chiefs fan can take away going into the regular season? They're a caliber, top-notch caliber team, and they can play. When they want to play, man, they are playing. They are out there. Patrick Mahomes is leading. I mean, he's rallying up the troops. I think you just got to stay alert to who's starting. And their different strategies for the games and how they're going to play with those that they're going to put out there and be ready for some just heart palpitations. Know the feeling. I'm not kidding. I mean, because, you know, they play the Lions on the 7th 
of September. We're, we're, we're approaching quickly September and it'll be interesting. You know, their games that they have coming up. And, and I honestly haven't followed the Lions in the preseason. No, nor have I. So I don't know much about them. It'll be interesting to see, um, how that actually plays out and how the Chiefs do, um, going into that game. Yeah, because they have the Lions, like I said, and on the seventh, and then they play the Jaguars. That'll be a telling game. And then they play the Bears on the 17th. They play of September, the Jaguars and then the Bears on the 24th. That's what I have. Um, there's obviously more games slotted that they're going to be playing, but you know, we got three games coming up in September and it'll be, it'll be an interesting, you know, we'll see how they make the adjustments based on the outcome and the performance of the games and where the injuries, I mean, we just got to keep these guys from getting injured. You know, the sad thing is Chris Jones, right? He's not walked back into playing his main senior role in defense. He's not even back playing yet. They're still working through his contract. And he's a veteran player. So what? what is, because I haven't followed that situation, what is the main hang up with him? I think, you know, he just is expecting to be, you know, paid for and compensated for what he believes he's worth in a more, uh, I would say, contractual way. And I don't think the the Chiefs are going to meet that. I don't know. I mean, it's just I think he wants to be paid what he's worth. Hmm. Yeah, and it's always hard when you're dealing with a veteran to deal, especially when contract issues uh, bleed into the season. That's never a good thing. It's not. It's not at all. And that's the thing, you know, because I'm sure they've been preparing for certain things in their defense coach and, you know, getting more, you know, more well-rounded. I mean, they have won these games without him playing. In the preseason. But you would think they knew his contract was coming up, right? Well, they would. They would, you know, have known for sure. So you would think they would dial that stuff in before training camp, before the actual regular season. Well, he never showed up. He never showed up there either. So I guess he's been under team control for 2023-2024 as I understand some of what's been shared. And he had a 19.5 million 2023 base salary. I think that won't count against their salary cap. But if he does not return and report to the team, the reserves have the right to utilize a two-week window as a ramp-up period. So, I mean, uh, this is just... It's messy. not good. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's not good. It's just they don't need this distraction. Of course they don't. No. Because, you know, that it's always, you know, however the trees treat him, other players are going to be watching. And the question they're going to have in the back of their head is, hey, am I going to get paid? You know, I'm, I'm going to put this product out on the field, but am I going to get paid? Whether that's justified or not, that is a question that I think a lot of players are going to have. You know, and 
he is a star defensive tackle. That's the thing. He is entering his age 29 season and he is seeking an extension, they say, that would exceed that of Quinnen Williams and potentially even put him in the neighborhood of Aaron Donald. And Kansas City hasn't given in, okay? Um, His holdout didn't end earlier this week, and as a result, they placed him on the reserve, did not report list. So I, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting. He hopes that he, you know, will be in uniform in week one. But I, I don't, I, I don't know. You know, well, well, we got two. Yeah. There is some injury updates too that are going on too with the defensive linemen. So let's just see where this goes. But right. And we got two weeks, you know, before um, real games start and before the games start to count, you know. So let's, you know, we'll keep an eye on that situation. Uh, maybe we'll have, we get, get an update on that situation, you know, next week. But um, I'm going to be very, interested to see how that situation impacts the Chiefs if he does play or if he does not play. Yep, because I mean this guy is it's net nece- he's necessary really. Um he's really necessary, you know, for the whole well-rounded, you know, team, the defensive players. Well, like like Cardinals went through that with Buda Baker. Okay? And Buda Baker is a linchpin to the defense. Um you know, he's the captain of the defense. But, you know, they, you know, I have a lot of issues with some of the things that Cardinals do, but they actually said, you know what? You've put out a lot of product on the field for us. So, yeah, we're going to give you that, your money. Well, I do know that Chris Jones has spoken about his position. He said he can afford it and he's going to, you know, he doesn't mind holding out until week eight. So, and by the way, as a reminder, he's number 95. And so I think the fans are like really nervous about all this. Oh, and I can imagine. I can imagine if he's such a crucial player to their defense, the fans must be like, you know, chomping at the bit going, would you please just work out something with him? Well, and I think even Patrick Mahomes is taken aback by this. You know, I mean, from what I understand, He's just a little stunned, I think, from what has transpired there. But again, uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we will. We'll have to. We'll keep. We'll give an update on that story as it uh, progresses. So, let's move on to our final team. Uh, but before that, let's talk about our sponsor. This week's sponsor is Kudos Media. Look, if you want to do what we're doing, which is start a podcast. Or if you are running a YouTube channel and you're needing some help uh, with your videos, you know, we can handle that. If you'll go to www.kadoshmedia.com, pick a time to meet with us and we will sit down and meet you and talk about your needs and how best we can help you. That's www.kadoshmedia.com. Um, so... Arizona, the Cardinals, um, they beat Minnesota. They had a joint practice with Minnesota and then they beat them in the game 18 to 17. However, while I was happy that they beat them, they looked kind of sloppy doing it. 
um, I did not get the feeling that they were comfortable. They did enough to win, but, and I, and I was happy about that, you know, but they, they kind of, their defense was sloppy. Um, I felt like their offense had a hard time getting on track and, you know, um, I think Clayton Toon, who was, who was playing, you know, he did, he did okay, but I don't think he was extraordinary. You know, he's a rookie. Yes. But, you know, when you, when you, when you draft a quarterback like that, you're expecting, you know, someone to really step up and make, and make some plays. And so I'm, you know, I'm not sold on, on Clayton. I'm not. However, the Cardinals did some things all um after the game that just kind of left me with my mouth hanging open like okay they traded Isaiah Simmons and apparently it was because of how he practiced and and you know he wasn't fitting in with the team chemistry or something like that which i found interesting uh and then they cut Colt McCoy who is a veteran in the game and they cut David Blau so now they've got two um uh, quarterbacks. They got Clayton Toon, and they got another one, jo- uh, Josh Dobbs, that that has just come in. And so I'm, you know, the biggest conversation that I'm hearing right now is who's going to start Game One. And John uh, Gannon, the, the the Cards coach, has said we're not going to announce our quarterback. You know, you know, um, like who's going to start. And I'm going, okay. I'm not sure. It, do you think by not doing that, that Washington is going to be scared by whichever th- quarterback you throw out there? I don't think so. It's not like the Cardinals have a, qual- a quality, uh, oh my God, kind of court. They don't have a backtrack Mahomes right now that's able to play, uh, you know, because Kyler is out. He's been placed on the um, pu- uh, pub list, um, and he's not going to play until, like, you know, a few games into the season. And right now, I am not so sure that we have a backup quarterback that can put some fear into the other teams. I'm not sure about that. On top of that, based on what I've seen, you know, um, they played well against Denver. Okay. They played okay against the Vikings. And then they got their butts handed to them by KC. I'm not sure what kind of a team we have here. And I'm not, sure what to think michelle you've seen some of the cardinals games give me your your thought they're a team that's going through a lot with kyler murray being injured and not being able to really play and maybe not playing all season and relying now on a new direction and some rookies that you know aren't proven and with Colt McCoy and you know I I don't know uh, I would say that it's going to be a very tumultuous kind of start and you know I'm not that familiar with those quarterbacks um, other than I did see them play but they weren't consistent you know and so I just I'm a little nervous for you as a Cardinal fan. You know, I will I will say, I mean, it's going to be rough. 
And I don't know a whole lot about the commanders uh, or the Washington Redskins um, and, you know, what the outcome will be. But of this next game that they're playing there, I'm pretty sure it's going to be played in D.C. I mean, but I would think that the morale of the team is not the greatest right now. I would think not. I think that there was a lot, there's been a lot of uneasiness. I mean, you know, I mean, do I think that um, cutting Colt McCoy was a good move? Overall, I think yes. Because yes, he was a veteran quarterback, but like he was a stay in the pocket kind of quarterback. Okay. Uh, He wasn't a mobile guy. Um, Clayton Toon is kind of more mobile. And I don't know much about Josh Dobbs. I, I, I have yet to to make my assessment of him um, because I haven't seen him play. Um, I do hear from, from what I'm hearing elsewhere that he is kind of mobile. So maybe, maybe, but I'm also very highly concerned about that offensive line. Can they protect the quarterback enough to, along enough uh, to give him time to make plays? Whoever it is, whether it's Toon or, or Dobbs, or maybe they bring in someone else, okay? But right now, they're down to two quarterbacks. Can that offensive line, such as it is, protect our quarterback to give him enough time to read the defense and make his throws? I would say that's sketchy at best right now. Based on the body of work that I have seen through the first preseason, uh, three preseason games, I would say it is sketchy at best. The defense, uh, they show flashes of being able to, uh, um, do things, but you gotta be able to hold, especially, you know, when, when, when teams are, are, are crouching up in your red zone, you've got to be able to hold Ben, but do not break. Do not let them in the end zone. You've got to be able to hold that line. Well, I'm wishing the best, but I will say that what I read was that the last game that was played at home, the Cardinals fans didn't show up. So let's hope this that the Cardinals can get their act together and get some continuity and consistency and get some team work. Dream work is the teamwork, right? Teamwork is the dream work, duh duh. But yeah, it's important that that coach, they got to re- get this stuff resolved and get some formation so the team can start building. Because, you know, my experience with team building, anytime when you lose a player, you bring a player in, bring a member, a new member, it, it, it's, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes on in the family. Right. You and know, they, and they cut down a lot of players, you know, because they had to, and they brought in like six new players. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot of change. So I do think Teresa is going to be a really tumultuous kind of year. I kind of think you're right. I'm. I mean, I'm not expecting a playoff run this year. I'm personally. I'm not now. If they surprise me, great. But 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 I. But based on what I'm seeing, the body of work that I'm seeing so far, based on some of the uh, other factors that are going on. I just don't think the Cardinals have what it takes to go get a good playoff run in. Now, when do they play again? What's that time? Do you uh, know? They play um, next Sunday. Next Sunday. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So not this coming Sunday, but the Sunday after. So I'm going to be very interested to see um, how that pans out because 
Yeah. So we're ramping it up. You know it. You know it. Let me, I guess, you know, um, of the three teams, I guess the question I would say is who had the better preseason? I know who my pick is. Well, I would have to say the Chiefs. I would agree. I would agree. But based on just based on the, body the two of, wins. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, just based on the body of work. I mean, I would have to rank it um, for our teams. I would have to rank it. It would be Chiefs, um, Broncos or not Broncos, uh, Cardinals and then Broncos. Yes, the Broncos did have that 41, 41 to nothing win. But, you know, still there were still too many inconsistencies that I saw where if they had actually done that kind of a game through all three seasons, all three games, I would have ranked them higher. Yeah. I think you're, I mean, it, it's hard when you go, okay, 41 to nothing is a blowout in your last, but you know, you have to look at the bigger picture. Too. Absolutely. Yep. So, and the fact, and, and, and for the Broncos, Mm, when you cannot, when you can't close out games. Now, yes, did they matter in the long run? Yes and no. No, not to the overall season, but yes to the player development. So that, I think, Michelle, is where we need to wrap it up. Yep. Next week, next week, hey, fans out there, listeners out there, we'll have a, a player that we'll highlight for you. That's walking their faith on and off the field, but going to have to tune in. Absolutely. And we have some things in the works, uh, which I will be letting you guys know about maybe next week if uh, I can put some things together. Um, but until then, guys, follow us on the socials, please. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Facebook. And uh, let us know what you want us to talk about. You know, is there, thing, is there anything that we're missing that we need to know about? Please let us know. Um, with that, I'm Teresa Blaze. Thank you so much, Michelle, for coming on board. It, it's always a blast. And this is Blaze and Gutch, and we're out. If you run across someone that we don't know about, please text it in. I want you to text NFL to 575-223-1596. You're going to get a little link. You're going to fill out your information. And if you got football thoughts, anything, we want to hear about it.